Welcome to today's podcast, Global Citizen Life. Today, we have Anthony Parent on the show. And Anthony, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Sally. So happy to be here. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and how you got on the path to entrepreneurship and what you're doing right now? Oh, okay. So uh, I um, I run a podcast myself, uh, IRS Medic on mm -hmm. YouTube. And um, I got onto that uh, one day because I turned on the camera and started talking. Um, and uh, that was a few years ago. And it's, uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. And um, really the, the, the topic that we talk about and sort of how this evolved is my dad and I went to law school together. We graduated together. Uh, we'd started doing real estate uh, law closings. The market was, I had a feeling the market was gonna not do so great. And I got into tax in 2006. Um, and then I felt pretty vindicated in 2007. Um, and then we were, you know, and it was funny, we were doing a lot of, uh, we were doing a lot of uh, uh, tax resolution work back then. And I remember um, I had a few attorneys who were doing a huge amount of closings um, before the boom. And so I was like, wow, I think I made the right move getting out of real estate um, and more into tax. So we're doing resolution, but in 2009, that's when I got a call from my staff. There's, hey, there's a guy at the office here. He has $7 million in an undisclosed Swiss bank account. Is this something we could help with? I'm like, well, well yes, <laughs> obviously. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. So he came in and, um, you know, talked to him and we learned together uh, about this firm for form called the FBAR. And I'm looking, I was like, this, this has a 50% penalty. I'm looking, he's like, yeah, yeah what are we going to do about this? And so together you know he knew i didn't know anything about it uh but we figured out you know there was a whole offshore volunteer disclosure program with the irs and then in his case um as i was going through it i ran into i was one of the first cases where, where the irs ran into the foreign mutual funds and so this was an issue where they didn't know have any guidance on this and their examiners didn't know what to do because these these P fix as they call them um, were so complicated. The IRS had to come up with a way to do it, and so I was you know going through the pro and so I was really learning a lot. And there were some IRS employees who you know I learned a lot with. We we really mm -hmm. helped develop it, um, and then it just struck me that the government didn't know what it was doing. You know, <laughs> and really they they, they didn't know that right, that right. what they thought. What's going on? And then what the reality was, whoa, the government was assuming that there was all this money just stashed overseas with, with no rhyme or reason. It was just free money. What they right. found out was, oh, no, people actually had legitimate things overseas. <laughs> and yeah. for the financial products that the U.S. tax system didn't know how to deal with because there is no analog. So, so... Mm. The U.S. has this global jurisdiction of which it's completely unfamiliar with because it doesn't know what it is. And then then, then you find the difficulty and the challenge of trying to fit, you know, square things into round holes and vice versa. Um, and then, you know, using your creativity sometimes to find the way that it fits the best. Um, right. And so through that, it's that that's how I got introduced to the whole uh, expat, you know, the expats, because, you know, hey, look, in 2010, 11, there wasn't this easier streamlined program out there. So people are calling, I'm going to jail, and they're going to take all my money. And um, we 
definitely were more aggressive than other firms and sort of pushing back on the IRS. Um, my dad and I, we did pretty, we, we always did pretty well with the IRS. We, we kind of understood them. Um, my dad was a lifelong uh, government bureaucrat, so he had a way okay. with them. Um, right. And it, his way is so disarming because he comes off as goofy, in fact, but he's so efficient. Very smart. Very smart. Mm -hmm. uh, he was so likable. So I always felt like we always had a good chance. And when we did, we pushed back, we pushed pretty back, pushed back pretty hard and we were aggressive in, in making sure those penalties were as low as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so just sort of that whole discovery of this incredibly abusive thing. And, and it's sort of this thing, like, because you, you love being overseas, right? And, and love it's it. a great opportunity, yeah. right? It's so a, much opportunity. So much opportunity. And my life is always about how terrible it is because I'm seeing <laughs> the horrible things. And, and so oftentimes I will speak with, with, with a, a, maybe a little bit of a jaundiced eye just because I see mm -hmm. it going wrong but there's nothing that can't be done correctly. And I, and I think, and right. you, know, you know that. So, and you know, just, like everything can, everything can be fixed. And part of it you're seeing, I mean, you, you're seeing too, as changes were being implemented and people just thought, well, if I live overseas, if I'm gone, I'm not in the U.S., then I don't have to worry about taxes. But the U.S. is very different. Like I'm, sure. I'm from Canada. So once I become a non-resident, I don't have to worry about filing an FBAR or my tax return or things like that because we don't have to as Canadians, but things are very different for Americans. So just explain for to some people what that FBAR is because they may have been gone and they just think I don't have to file, but there's still paperwork that has to be filed even when you're not a, a resident anymore. So the FBAR. The FBAR is, uh, I know the history very well, and I have probably a hundred videos on the FBAR. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll give you some interesting facts and I'll go to try to get okay. through. So it was passed in 1970 um, and mm -hmm. it stands for Report of Foreign Bank Account. So as you can mm -hmm. see, the acronym doesn't even match up. So that's the first thing. It's like, <laughs> you, you couldn't even get that right. You, you couldn't even get that right. And that's, that's kind of like that. So just to understand yeah. everything about it is wrong. Uh, and really, it, it, that's what I've discovered. Every single thing about it is wrong. It was passed in 1970 as part of the Bank Secrecy Act. And it was the, then it was said it was $10,000. And mm -hmm. that amount has not been changed for inflation. So there's, Which is crazy. It, there's something wrong with it. Now, this is what happened that allegedly the claim is law enforcement said we needed another tool to go after the worst of the worst. And, you know, it's really difficult for us to have trials. So can you help us out and give us something that doesn't, you know, not so messy. And so, you know, what we'd really appreciate is if we place in an affirmative duty on everybody who has a foreign bank account of which they have signatory control or a beneficial interest in, if they, we mandate them to report that to us. And if they don't, it will allow us to assess penalties up to 50% of account value per year, multiple years. So actually being able to give someone a penalty bill higher than what the account made. Few things about the FBAR, it has nothing to do with your taxes. It's not a tax form. It's actually not, but it gets confusing. It gets mm. confusing because the people in charge of the form, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is a subsection of the US Treasury, thinks it's so useless and it's such a stupid form, they wanted nothing to do with it. Like, well, these forms are nothing. They're just people doing things right. And we don't want to administer this. So FinCEN said, hey, you know, you got that agency. 
you know, down the street there. And they're really good at, you know, processing a lot of forms. So can we put the IRS in charge of processing? And this is it. This is the thing. And this is like, here's another thing that's wrong with it. We're going to have the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, process and administer what is known as a criminal form. If you look at it, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN Form 114, it's a criminal form that we are allowing our civil division of our tax system to assess the penalties upon and enforce. And so, and it's not a tax form. But it's so not a tax form. More, you know, there's more wrong with it. Now, over the years, the, the, the FBAR was basically a speed limit everybody ignored. It was there, but it wasn't a thing. No one thought of it as an enforcement tool. And there's actually pretty good reasons why you do it. If you look at, now this is where, where the IRS gets people. This is where they try to get people. And there's ways around it. It's not really true. They'll say this, hey, look, on Schedule B of your, of your return, it's going to ask if you own, own any bank accounts over $10,000, and it'll, it'll inform you to go to the FBAR. I'll say, so down there, and people don't check that. They're like, ah, you were willful. That's not, that's not true. If you did that, it's not fatal at all. Um, um, but if you look at that, you're like, oh, okay, go here. Go, go to this FBAR form, see if it's filed. You go to the instructions, and then you'll be pointed to the regulations. The regulations will say yes. Every year, um, uh, you have to report your existence of your foreign bank accounts to the U.S. Treasury on this form, FBAR form. The source for this is 31 U.S.C. 5314. That's the section of the code where the Bank Secrecy Act is. So a lot of ways that people find out that they didn't file an FBAR is that if they look at uh, part three of their Schedule B, where you report your dividends and interest, you'll see a little box there that says, do you have signature authority over interest in a, in a foreign uh, bank account? And then it, will re, then it will put you to, it will send you to uh, the instructions to learn more. And then those instructions will reference IRS regulations. And those IRS regulations will say that the authority for the filing of the FBAR comes from 315314. If you look now, if you go to look at, uh, uh, that's 31 USC code, the United States code, that's where you find the law that says this is this is where the FR authorization comes from. But the title of the law doesn't say report of foreign bank accounts. It says report of foreign agent transactions. And when you go through and you so the first assumption I had was like, oh, well, that's what they mean by bank account. Your agent's a bank account. But when you look at the, the definitions in the law, you see something. They define what an agent is. And an agent is defined as a poor person, a human being, a person. And they define what a bank is, and a bank is defined as an institution. And because an institution can't be a person, a person can't be an institution, they are two separate things. And so when you say report a foreign bank account, what it actually requires is that you, that you report your foreign agents, people around the world who are doing things for you. Um, and okay. that's actually what it's for. And so, and it's this crazy thing because people's entire lives are being ruined over this mm -hmm. penalty, and you know, even even the Supreme Court looked at um, looked at the FBAR very recently, um, and the Supreme Court didn't seem to be able to read the statute either because it doesn't say that. It's very it's very plain, and the, and the definitions make it so. But yet we're living in a world where you know, like, how do you give advice when the law is this, and then what's done is different, and that's what makes it tricky. 
And that's right. what I see. But for the most part, you know, I, and I guess this is, I am seeing the worst examples, you know, so my, mm-hmm. you're, I am going to tell you the worst things that are happening. Um, and that's where I think I know, you know, how best to avoid them. You know, I know what the, how the, works. you know, I know, I know how they work and I know their limitations and, mm-hmm. you know, you want to take advantage of those. Um, there's certain right. things they're going to go after. If it's easy, if it's easy, they can do it. If it's right. hard to understand, they're less likely to do it. It, it has to be really, really worth, worth their time. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. how how I started and and got it into looking more into um, moving my corporation internationally was when I was in Canada. I had rental property. And, you know, with rental property, we have deductions, like there's yard maintenance and pool cleaning and, and things like that. So did up my, my income tax return. And this was my income. These were all my deductions that I was given from my property management company, because it was out of country property. So great, no problem, you know, file, fine. The next year, same thing, no problem, file, fine. Um, another year, I get a letter in the mail saying, you're being audited. So, okay, whatever. Like, you know, I know that they do random audits, like no big deal. I wasn't concerned at all. And anyway, long story short, what the auditor said, he's like, well, we're going to accept your income, but we're not going to accept any of these deductions and expenses you have. So then they redid my taxes and then said, now you owe so much money. And because it was two years ago, you also owe us interest on that money. And I was shocked. Like I couldn't, because it was all legitimate stuff. Like I wasn't trying to do anything sketchy at all. Cause I was like, I don't want a tax problem. I've got income. I have deductions. I'll pay it. And then at that point I thought, okay, if that's the way the government's going to work, I'm going to learn some of these rules and I'm going to learn to play within their rules. And then I really tried to started to find out about international corporations, offshore bank accounts. And it's funny when people hear offshore corporations or offshore bank accounts, they think oh, it's illegal. It's money laundering. You're the mafia. You're like, and it's not. It's just, if I can now have my corporation in a country where I pay no taxes or low taxes, I don't, if mine's in a no tax, I don't have to worry about deductions. And has anybody like looked at a receipt that was printed off two or three years ago that the ink is gone? There's nothing left on that piece of paper. The government's going to say, oh yeah, you're right. That was your receipt. They're going to say, no, that's not proof. You owe us money. And that's kind of how I got started into looking more into doing international corporations and and international investments as well. Well, then you are probably the perfect example of this. Now, I'm going to assume something. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. something. I'm going to assume that you put your rental income on your Schedule E of your 1040. Is that true? Oh, uh, you know, we're going back about 12 or 13 years ago now. Did you um, file? Okay. Well then did you file it? Did you file? Uh, did you file? Uh, what, what, what is there? I had it all on my personal taxes. That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I had it. Right. I had done it all on my personal taxes. There's the, there is the per- perfect example. You are proving the rule um, that the issue is, and that, you know, the issue is, it sounds like your auditor was way out of line and misstated the law and it sounded like you know you, you had grounds to push back on them totally and put them in their place but the reason why you were audited is this you put that on a personal return a schedule e is something that an irs examiner can understand 
And that is the problem. They can understand that and they don't understand account. They're not accountants. They're not necessarily accountants. So they don't know. And so you have someone who's trained and they had her, their training module. Okay, if you see this, do this. And they don't really know how everything works. They're just given their training module, do this, do this. And right. so that is how they're, you know, and they just followed some training module in, inappropriately as well. Um, and to do that now, the same income um, that comes in on a business return won't be audited mm. because, oh, it's hard now. There's a balance sheet. Oh, they don't know what that is. So um, that is actually, so what you're doing, you know, by setting up your corporations, helping people set up corporations, you're lowering their audit risk. Right. You're doing very good things. So I want to encourage you to do that because that's absolutely right. It makes it too difficult. And it's just, and this is my, you know, the, the top lesson I, I learned from doing all the disclosure work is the IRS wants naive victims that yes. are the perfect size enough for a press release, but not so much that they're going to come back with 20 lawyers and 30 accountants. So mm. that is what the, that the IRS is looking for a sweet spot and you need to get yourself out of there. Um, and, and by, and by, and by diversifying, you know, and by being, you're, you're making yourself look very big and important. Um, mm. and I wouldn't want to, and, and this is the other thing too. <laughs> oh my God. There's so, so much about this. So this is a conversation that I had with a, with a group manager. Um, uh, and actually she was uh, nearby. I don't, I won't say where, um, mm -hmm. she was very nearby and I was talking to her. I said, so, so this was, I think this was, uh, six years ago. Um, okay. I said, so how are your audits going? What, you guys busy? You guys busy? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we're busy. It's like, well, yeah. I said, how's your staff? Well, yeah, you know, we don't have the staff. Yeah, people just aren't working. And I said, well, you guys doing a lot of, um, are you guys doing a lot of uh, you know, international returns? Are you doing any of this? And she laughed. And she goes, yeah, no, about half my auditors just refuse to do anything internationally. And I said, well, why is that? She goes, because it's too hard. <laughs> So, oh, so, and they just don't want to do anything that's hard or that's, too much work. You know, you, you, and I think the word or the phrase we're looking for is you're tr trying to create a barrier to entry into your life. Right. Okay. You want to understand my life? Great. Let's go over it. Figure it out. Um, no, thank you. We'll move on. And that's actually what they do. They actually, they actually move on to easier targets um, mm -hmm. and, and schedule in, in a personal return is a much better target. It's a much better target than anything else. And so that's really by getting out, you know, by not having things in your name and getting it out, diversifying all over the globe. That is, that is a fantastic, fantastic way to avoid the risk uh, of, right. of, uh, of an examination. And they will do, and I, and I think that what I would say is they will act completely illegal and in very cruel ways. One of their favorite targets, and I know this because I have, a, unfortunately, I have a lot of clients in this situation, is yeah. when you have someone elderly who okay. has a few million dollars. And yeah. you're like, well, that's all the money they have. They had a pension. A pension would actually be worth more, you know, like a lot of times, you know, like, okay, great. You think it's all that money in the world because you're, you know, you're a government employee. But in the real right. world, like that's what they have. And that's their money, by the way. Um, what they love, love to do is take someone in that situation and penalize them into the poorhouse um, because they know that the person is, has, you know, facing the, the, the challenges of age of just being tired, right. dementia setting in. 
And that's where they get their nastiest. And it's again and again and again. And our friends in New York, they're good at that. I won't say his name, but, you know, it's very obvious what they did. And, you know, and I had some choice words with them. Um, what they're doing is utterly so insane. bad. Yeah, it's so it's it's so and they're just looking like and their justification is like, look, we have some stats we got to get. We're you know, we're assigned totally. Oh, totally. Just because we have stats, we need we need to hit those targets. Need, so we'll right, we'll go we after the most vulnerable kind right, of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's who's paying the price. People who are in the least position to fight back. You'll find a really big difference between if the IRS is assessing someone pedal, you know, who's younger versus mm -hmm. older. And it's a nationwide thing because a policy is set by the national FBAR penalty coordinator. So it's a national thing that they're doing. And then they brag about their penalties that they get. So that's the thing. And it's, and, you know, and, and in these cases, simple hmm. things would have, you know, and they also went to probably not the right attorneys who might've sold them down the river as well. Um, yes. Unfortunately, that, that's the other thing too. There's not, there's people who just look at you like, okay, you'll pay me money and I'll just going to hand you over to the IRS. And, and that's what happened too. And I was trying oh, to get her. So I guess in the defense uh -huh. of, of our, my friends in New York, it was really the attorney before that came that, that gave him no choice. And that's kind of where he was like, I hate she's in, I can't get her out. And he did recognize the ridiculousness of it in all fairness. So mm -hmm. that was really the challenge, but there was no mercy. And there really was, there were things we could have done. Um, right. So that's just sad. So that's that's the part that's really sad. And that's why you've you got to really think about protecting yourself all around. Mm -hmm. But I would say mm -hmm. it's like, but protecting yourself doesn't mean, you know, keeping your all your eggs in one basket, right? No, no, that diversifying is a way of, of protecting yourself because if things go go wrong, you know, within the United States, Canada, Germany, like wherever our listeners are, you know, that the government can kind of go after what's in that country. It makes it a, a lot harder, you know, and, and I'm not talking like we're doing like everything that I do is legal. So if you of have a, a corporation in another country, it's legal. You still file your taxes, even in a no tax country, you still file because the government makes sure you're doing legal things. But you don't have to be worried about the auditing. You don't have to worry about somebody suing you just because they need to make money and they're just looking for people to sue who have a lot of assets or the government coming after you. I mean, oh, there, there's so many things. Okay. Another perfect example of this, another perfect example. So, so when you own a, 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 a foreign corporation, you mm -hmm. don't file a corporate return. You file a report of a, a shareholder's report of foreign ownership in a corporate return, even if you're a hundred percent owner. The form is form hmm. 5471. I'm sure you're, you're probably filing them of yourself. Um, so um, your form 5471, now this is the thing that we found out. Um, and it was actually uh, uh, one of my attorneys who, who moved on to a different firm. He's now working for, for, for larger companies than the, small, the smaller uh, clients that we had. He, we were representing individuals. So he called me up and this was last year. He goes, Anthony, you're not going to believe this. I said, I said what's, that? what's that, Robert? He goes, so we have a bunch of corporate clients who kind of pretty lackadaisical about getting their 5471s in. And they're under exam. And the examiner's like, yeah, you know, whenever you get a chance, if you can get that in, we'd really appreciate that. And the reason why that's odd is because what Robert was used to was all the people who attached that 5471 to their individual return. The mm -hmm. treatment 
when it's on that 1040, it's like, where is that? We're going to penalize you immediately. We're going to give you the continuation penalty. We're going to keep on with this is not substantially there. They go all the way. The difference is night and day, depending on what that form is attached to. And that's why, yeah, you really want to get things off. Um, you know, anything, you know, have your 1040 as simple as possible. We're like, oh, hey, look, okay. I didn't report some, you know, small amounts, whatever that is. Right. That's your that's your best thing. Get get your complicated stuff um, onto business tax forms, and that's just the way way to go uh, for long term uh, health and well being. <laughs> right, right. And I think though too, what people don't also realize is um, with with even just having corporations, whether they they choose to do locally or internationally. You know, when we think of taxes, different different states in the U.S. charge different taxes. Different countries around the world charge different amounts. There, there's not just like people will say, well, where's the best place to go? And I say, well, I don't know. Like, I need to know about your business. I need to know about what you want to do, right? Some people I've talked to, they they want to stay within the states. And it's like, okay, well, great. Then you look at states that that will do best for you. But also just as a point, especially with technology and where we're going and a little bit of the, the scary part of AI, there's great things with, with AI, but there's some scary stuff with it too that we need to be concerned about is identity theft, Right. If you have everything tied up in the country that you live in, your corporation, all of your bank accounts and things like that, if you get um, into a situation where somebody steals your identity, all of that stuff is tied up and it could be hard to even just access your money. So having another bank account, if you're from the U.S., even just in Canada or if you go down to, to Mexico or you travel to Europe quite a bit, just having that additional bank account in another country can help you if something goes wrong. And if not, great, you have another bank account that you can use for your travels to save up, to buy something, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And I can tell you that is fantastic advice. From my experience of handling these things, what a great insurance policy. What a, that that you're you're diversifying your risk. That's what we're taught. You know, that's what we're taught. You know, in finance and portfolio, diversify that risk. You know, it's free money. It's free. You know, it, it really is when when you do that. So why wouldn't you do that? And you can pay bills in the U.S. from a you know Canadian bank account. Mm-hmm. Push cash. And, yeah. and sometimes with currency, it's great because if you, you know, like I don't, I don't trade currency, but sometimes you're lucky that, oh, you know, one currency drops, one goes up. Great. My money's worth a little bit more as well. And yeah. lots of things like I, I come, so I'm in Canada or come from Canada. So I have a Canadian bank account. Um, I'm living in Europe. So I've got a couple European bank accounts in different countries, but I also have an account that's in us dollars because 95% of the go. stuff that I buy online is in U.S. dollars. And sometimes I get paid U.S. dollars. So for me to get paid in U.S. dollars to go into my Canadian bank account, which then automatically gets changed into Canadian funds. And then if I buy something in U.S. dollars, it gets automatically changed back into U.S. dollars. That's and nice. then if I send it back a reef, so I'm losing money, losing money because I'm paying an exchange. And then if I return something that I bought, they return it at their return rate. So it still costs me money to return something as well on top of both exchanges. And it's just a crazy loss of money. So it's, you know, if, if you're, if you're not in the U S there's online bank accounts that you can, 
Um, so you can put money in and it's, I just think it's, it's better because they, also, they fees you. There's so many fees. For yeah. Everything. And there's also, and I, I would know that's, that is, there is the, the, uh, but, but this is actually a U.S. bank account. It's the, there's the, uh, the federal credit union. I had him on, on my show. He's cause one of the issues is sometimes the, the foreign account tax compliance act can make it difficult for certain people in certain areas to open up bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Those are not usually those are not usually Americans who are moving there. It's people who are already there, accidental Americans. Those are the kind of people that have problems. If you're an American right. moving somewhere full American, you usually don't have a problem. Right. Um, so don't be scared by that. But there's some weird things that happen. And again, um, um, I, 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 I see those happen. What I love, and I, I think this is where you know where where you see one of the things that that happens is you. You don't, you're going looking at the world through the limitations of your own prism of your own investment, mm-hmm. right? And you're, and that's what you need to cleanse yourself of. And it can be really helpful. And here's just one example of something that made me rethink something totally. And so um, um, I'm divorced, but by ex-in-laws, you know, we're like this because they're Hungarian. I don't know. Hungarian people, I mean, we just get along well. It's just something. I don't know what it is. Um they're great. Uh, they're, they're wonderful people. Um, and I love them. And they still have a house in Budapest. It was uh, oh, given to nice. them, it was given them to them by uh, in, in a nice neighborhood. And I always, and I'm like, well, I said, you guys barely use it. You know, I said, well, why don't you sell it? the carrying costs are killing you. Right. And then they said, no, there's no property taxes in Budapest. I said, oh, Okay, well, I was like, yeah, the neighbor just takes care of it. And hey, you want to go use it? I'm like, yeah, keep the house, keep the house, keep the house. So, yeah. uh, huh. And that's that's an important thing too, because um, so I've been in Canada for a few months helping out with my mom. Um, she's been going through cancer treatment and things and she's she's doing great. Awesome. Um, so I've, I've got my place in Montenegro that just sits empty and people are like, well, you must rent it like to help. And honestly, like it's not a very big place, but my... My bills are, are I bet with me not being there for what we would call like HOA fees, um, that what little bit of electricity of just a few things running. Uh, I, I think I'm probably at maybe 50 Canadian dollars a month to leave it empty. I'm like to rent it. If I don't get a reasonable amount, somebody wrecks my couch, my leather couch. Why would I have somebody in there? Like it it's it's fine. And it is exactly the way it is. So if I'm leaving for a month, I'm leaving for four months. Like there, there isn't, I paid a, a tax um, when I purchased it. Um, there is a small kind of like property tax, but it's so, so minor. I pay, I think it's 10, 10 euro a month for my quote, like HOA type fees. Even my internet there, I have a little a SIM card that goes into this like little device and I can connect eight devices to it. So my phone, my internet, and like my computer, my everything. And I pay 15 euro a month for it so that's like 20 20 probably about 20 bucks us for all of my internet for an entire month and i'm on the internet all the time with my work yeah it's nothing so it's like why i don't need to if i do rent it great i can make it and, and and that is amazing. And that I think one of the things holding you know people back from from thinking about that is just like oh I just don't need another you know carrying cost another you know all these all these you know these property taxes get you know out of control, and you know it's this silent partner that you're in business with that you just takes a bunch of your money you know all the time and you don't get to get a choice and that's what can make you know real estate that that not so helpful in the U.S. And it's like you got to take off those blinders. 
that yeah. these property taxes are not um, what in the, the ownership cost and that, you know, I think a lot of people know that, you know, the U.S. internet's a little more pricey than, than where, you know, around the world. I think a lot of people know that. I'm sure your, your audience knows that. Mm -hmm. But that's another huge mm -hmm. thing, too. You know, and I think that's a really like, hey, yeah, no, like, why for the property taxes alone diversify? Right. Right. And, and it's it's interesting because, I mean, the downfall is a lot of people listen to the media and no offense to anybody who's in like mainstream news and things like that. But everything's always so negative. It's bad, bad, bad. Don't go to this country. Right. Don't do this. Don't, yeah. don't. And I've been to 45 or 46 countries now. Like I, I travel a lot. I love it. There's fabulous people everywhere. And there's kind of some crappy people everywhere. Even Canada. Like there's some not nice people here. Like we're not all nice. I'm glad the world thinks Canadians are so nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. But not right. all. I don't know Let's be nice. honest. <laughs> I am. I'm the nice yeah, one. Nice. You are but, nice. I mean, Absolutely. but there's like, there is a whole world out there and there's so many different opportunities because we're looking at the world. And if we look at statistics, a lot of um, populations are declining, like birth rate of populations are declining, but with yeah. immigration, yeah. there's a lot of people moving and how we can move easier. There's a lot of immigration from third world countries or second world countries that are moving to other second world countries or first world countries or just within their own country migrating to to cities and you know farmland and stuff is there's less but major cities and things are, are growing cities there's so many opportunities whether people want to move just for a, a cheaper lifestyle a more comfortable lifestyle they want to just invest they want to have investment property um that they want to be just hands off or maybe they have a investment slash vacation property depending upon their work if they live three months in it and then they travel and go elsewhere and then they go back for three months. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to do it. And there's just so many options in the world. It, it's, it's crazy. There's so many options. Absolutely. You're right about the negativity, right? Cause you, you know, how many, yeah, it's uh, just constant, you know, it's always easier to, to give a snippet of something that makes it look far worse than what it is. Mm -hmm. And how many times we all call a friend or, you know, you call your brother, wherever they are. Hey, Oh my God, what's going on there? It's crazy. Like, no, that's over it's fine don't worry about it that's why i get yeah you know, we get i get calls about you know when there's a snowstorm somewhere and oh my god i looked at the news and it's devastating it's like it's a snowstorm and it's just a snowstorm it's that's all it is yeah. um and that's kind of <laughs> right i think that's a, that's a good reminder is like there that the world is full of great people right um mm. really you know really is um and great opportunities and uh, I, I really appreciate your energy on, on this because you're right. Yeah, right on. It, um, it is because it 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 bothers me because with the with as much as I travel, there's so much goodness. Like it's the the negativity or the negative people that seem to be the loudest. Right. And so we hear so much of it. And I get it in a way that the news um, you know, they have to, they need to keep people interested and it's easy to keep people interested when they're in fear and it's easy to control people when they're scared. And so it's like, Ooh, like, um, you know, if it, I, I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing. Some people, there's so many different thoughts about it, but it is true when people are worried and scared, they're easier to control. And, you I know, would agree it's with you on that very much. So I would really um, agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, because if we're not scared, we'll just do stuff. We'll be like, well, I'm not scared. And, I'm going to go do this or try. 
And it just sort of, you know, what you say, what you say realizes makes me realize, you know, how many people made make financial decisions from that place of fear yeah. and that place of terror. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and really, you know, a place of anxiety avoidance as opposed to opportunity seeking. Right. Um, and that is probably the more crippling thing. You know, how do you change the mindset? And I think probably the biggest thing keeping people from, you know, seeing the world is the fear and that fear keeps you in your little, no, I'm going to put this here. I'm going to, and I'm going to do what they tell me to do. Mm-hmm. And if we, I would if, not advise that. I don't advise that. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if people want to look at that investment wise, whether, you know, you can look at stocks and you, you follow the numbers. Okay. The corporation's doing this or that, but there's always things that we don't know. There's things that are going on that we're not sure about, or we don't know behind closed doors, or sometimes numbers are fudged a little bit. So there's never a hundred percent guarantee with that stocks go up and down all the time. It's, it's the same thing with the real estate. You never know, but people need housing. We all, we're always going to need that housing. There's always opportunities in different places and it depends. What do you want? And if you're unsure, there's ways that you can buy something small, buy something inexpensive, just to kind of, get your feet wet, go, go to a country where you like to visit and use it as your, as I said, your vacation slash rental property, or just travel a bit. And on your travels, check out some real estate, talk to some people, ask about it, like talk to people. Really, That's a big thing is just get off your phones, get off your iPads, get off your computers and just go out and, and talk to people. And there's, there's so many opportunities in the world. And once you buy a place somewhere, then you get a bank account there. When you have a bank account, you know, again, as we talked about the bank account, it's good, but also then you can, depending upon the country, you may want to invest in, in the different corporations and stocks and things that they have in that country. But then again, there's another opportunity um, with that. So it's opportunities are endless. Um, You know, of course we have to be smart and do some homework on it, but but there really is a lot around the world and the world is very large in some ways, but so small in others. It's all, and I would say this also the incredible tax benefits. Um, and that's, oh. and, and, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity for tax savings. You know, if you're, if you're a wage earner, there's not a lot of things you can do yeah. real estate. It just opens up a whole world of understanding to you that you're able to, parlay your savings into more investments and it just goes the right way when you're doing it like that and you know finding mm-hmm. a you know finding you know just you know discovering something and, and i would say this um i've refer you know i have some very successful clients and you know a few of them say yeah i had you know just one or two things hit you know like yeah i had that property did really well and that just put me over the edge mm-hmm. you know it was that one thing and you know the ah oh, that stuff didn't work that didn't work out but oh that's the thing that you know that's- and that's generally what i hear you know, yeah. oh, that, uh, mm-hmm. that didn't, oh, God, that was, you know, that was a disaster. But then I was like, oh, that one thing. Oh, uh, um, and so, by, I, oh, you know, by, by, you know, placing your bets just sort of a mm-hmm. little bit around, you know, and, and and then, you know, making educated guesses. And it's so much fun, too, to learn, right. you know, to, 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 remove, to remove the barriers that you had that you didn't realize you had. To, to remove mm-hmm. the, 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 the thought blocks that kept you from doing something to say, wait a second, they don't do this in this part of the world. And, you know, we're just a product of our programming and inertia. And that's mm-hmm. not, freedom. that's not freedom. No, huh. no, it's, it's a, it's a false sense. We're told it's freedom. We're told you're, you have so much freedom. You have so much freedom until we decide you don't. 
You have so much freedom until we say, oh, you owe us tax money because um, you didn't interpret it right. Or no, we're going to say it's this way. Or you right. have so yeah. much freedom until we're going to lock you down. Or you have so much freedom until if you don't get a vaccination, this is what's going to happen. You have, you know, like the list, the list goes on and it's, it's, it's not a, a matter of, of what you believe. It's, it's reality. You have freedom as long as you follow the government's rules. If you don't follow their rules, you don't have freedom. <laughs> I, 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 there you go. You're perfectly st stated, and that's exactly right. But, and I would say, it's up to you to make your yes. own freedom, and that's the thing. Yes, because, absolutely. And it's, and it's really because it's their what they're saying, just in their mindset, they're putting you in, is not where you're in a decision. You're like, wait, I can't discern right because it's all confusing here. Mm -hmm. So I better do it this way. But when you see it's like, oh, wait, no, you're just saying that because you can and you're taking advantage of people and you're admitting to it now that and, I called you out. Right. Right. And and freedom to each person is different. Right. Like people like their freedom can be different lifestyles. It could be working three days a week or it could be, you know, I love my job. I want to work all the time, but I want a month's vacation a year or what, whatever anybody's individual ideal of, of freedom is. And, and I think like, you're not stuck anywhere. So people ask me all the time, cause I, I move and I'm always looking at different places. And lots of times I've moved without ever being in the city. I've never been to the country, never been to the city. And I just moved there and it's a little crazy. I don't recommend it for everybody, but it's usually just me by myself. So mm -hmm. it, it would be different if I had a family and, and things like that. And um, so people are like, but, but what if you don't like it? I said, oh, then I just leave. Then I just pack my stuff and yeah. I leave. I go to another city or country or whatever. Like we're not stuck. Now it is easier for some people to travel than others. And we do have to think about visas and residencies and, and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, but everything is doable. Everything is manageable. If, if there's a way, like it may be a bit of a process. It may take a bit of time, but we're never stuck in one country for most of us. All right. All right. You got a, all right. You got a oh, great are you a little speechless look. there. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Stay <laughs> on. You know, and I mean, what a great mindset. You know, that's really fantastic mindset to have and to, to, to look at the world. And I, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little envious of you. I don't think I'm as positive as you, but I'm working on it then. Okay. Um, but you, uh, but you also see a lot of negative things through your work and, and bad things that happen. And so there's, there's that, you know, how it can be. So I, I don't think about it because I don't know, like I've had one experience. I was like, Oh, learning experience. But then I think that brought me to where, where I am. And there are some crappy things that happen on the way and some stuff that I'm going to have to deal with. But I, I really try to to think you know kind of this too shall pass or what am I going to learn from it or oh ouch that was an expensive mistake I'll make sure not to do that one again right and it's just it's it's how we learn and we just got to keep going because life is going to throw us curveballs life is gonna there's there's going to be stuff that happen and it's either going to take us down or momentarily just knock us down a little bit but, but life continues and so if if it's something that's bad and we have to start all over we still have our knowledge. We still have everything we know. And maybe that was something that's like, oh, that, that, you know, took my, my, the wind out of my sails and I have to start all over, but I still know everything I know. So it's not going to take me as long to build up and get back to where I was because I don't have to learn all the things that I've learned up to this point.
that is a fantastic reminder, you know, that you really, do you really go back? You know, you've, you know, we, we've all felt that, oh man, I've uh, fallen back, fallen behind. Mm-hmm. But, but not you? really. Like, not really. No, you really didn't. Yeah. I mean, it is... maybe maybe you lost money financially. You may have lost your house, especially like 2008. Sure. And yeah, those those knock you down. And your 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 quote, we think we're starting over, but we already know so much that we're not really starting over over. I absolutely. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, you're right. You really never do. And that, you know, we never really have and even though I would say I would probably if we if we're doing this Monday morning, I might disagree with you. Uh, Monday morning. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we all have our moments. We all have my. I have mine oh, too. Good lord, there is, like, there's no cure for Monday. That's a, just a, yeah. <laughs> Other than that. Um... <laughs> so, Anthony, if people want to get in touch with you, like they're in a situation where maybe they're they're thinking about maybe relocating or they've relocated mm-hmm. and they haven't been filing the documents and things that they have or you know they're they're wanting to open up a corporation they want to keep it in the United States they're they're still a little nervous about maybe going international or or overseas where is the best place for them to to reach you or get in touch with you the easiest place would just be go to to, to um my website irsmedic.com um, and it got his name because my dad served in the Persian Gulf War in the 142nd Medical Clearing Company, and he was a medic. And when we started the practice, I said, yeah, dad, we're going to help people, you know, with, with tax emergencies. And, and, and I was looking, I'm like, and I was thinking, and I looked and um, tax doctor was taken already. Um, I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I'm like, oh, what's, what's, what's another for doctor? And then I'm looking at my dad. I'm like, hold on, I got it. And I said, it's available. I said, dad, IRS medic. He's like, all right, that's going to work. I'm like, well, until I get something better. Uh, so, and it's just stuck. It's just stuck. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's the easiest place. So yeah, we, we started with the, uh, we started with a lot of resolution work, but we've worked into, you know, really helping people avoid the problems that we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, really firsthand. And I could say there, there is a lot of, you know, and, and what, and, and I said, you know, speaking of fear, there is so much fear mongering that does go on out there in the tax community. And, and that's sort of what the, the thing I was mentioning before with my friends in Manhattan who are, are fine, but it was really that, that other tax firm. They're just, they just like, you're going to go to jail and you're going to lose everything if you're going to do that. And I am sorry, but if an attorney is telling you that, how are you to know they're full of it? And you just mm-hmm. don't, you're going to get another like, opinion. Yet another opinion. Yeah. So just look out for that. It, you know, and sometimes there's not, there's sometimes there, there are stories that are, that are like, okay, you might have bad news in a situation, but get another mm-hmm. opinion. And, um, you know, and I just be aware of this, that, you know, I have a lot of friends who are tax attorneys and I know a lot of them. It does attract a certain kind of person who, um, how would I put this? Uh, they didn't have opportunities in other areas mm-hmm. and it's great for them because no one else wants to do it. And that's sort of the truth for me. No one else really wants to do tax. So it's wide open There's plenty of room because <laughs> um, no one really wants to do it. So you get people who tend to be very uncreative mm-hmm. and will play it very safe. With that said, I have friends who are exceptional and just, awesome 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 so that's where i would say and i would say 
there's not as many awesome as there are the normal. So just keep looking until right. you find an awesome and you'll know, and you'll mm-hmm. know because their, their, their passion for it really comes through and that they won't judge you for not knowing something or doing something wrong. That's kind of how, you know, you're on the right path. I think, um, um, but there's definitely some really, really, uh, some, some fantastic ones out there for sure. So, yeah. Excellent. Great. And we'll make sure that, uh, the link for that is in our show notes below. Um, so everybody can easily get in touch with you if they need to. Right on. Thank you. So thank you very much for your time. I know for sure the listeners got a lot of valuable information today and I really appreciate your time. I love it. Thank you so much.